0: Welcome back to Soul Back. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here. I'm back with Tom. Tom, where is Ed? Why are you guys flip-flopping? Why can't we all just be here all together on this wonderful holiday season? Ed has been trying to kick me off the show for a
1: while now, so I don't know what his deal is, but thankfully we won't have him to hog up all the airspace for one show, so we'll take a breather.
0: (laughs) Well, you were gone last week, and from my understanding, you've been reading up on chicken and new recipes? (laughs)
1: Man, I've been eating vegan chicken Have you ever tried that? I have not, what is that? So I had these vegan chicken nuggets Man, it tasted like Breading with mush in the middle It was pretty uh, It
0: was fine
1: for what it is But um, it's no match for regular chicken I'll tell you that much
0: Tom, you can't beat chicken
1: (laughs) But, however I did have real chicken last night This is a good story you guys have Buffalo Wild Wings out there. I uh, know, but I've been there. I was I was actually oh, shout- there
0: with you, I believe.
1: Well, there you go. Shout out to Buffalo Wild Wings. They they um, we ordered um, delivery, right? And they messed up our order. It was supposed to be 6 pieces per per um, you know, per order, and they only gave us 5 in each one. So we told them, figuring, you know, they'd refund part of the order. Man, they gave us a full refund. Now that's a that's a good
0: free meal, and there you have it.
1: However, what sauce did you get? I was still hungry afterwards, and ended up having to get uh, little Caesar's cheesy bread right after, so it didn't quite work out.
0: <laughs> talk about carbs on carbs, Tom. <laughs> yep. Oh man, well we have a lot to talk about in R&B this week. Uh, let me just start off by announcing to everyone because everyone's been wondering when is that Usher and LMA song going to be officially released because, Tom, we had posted it on our site exclusively about three weeks ago. It's now officially on all streaming platforms, so go check that out. But, but Tom, I need you to give me the latest update on Drew Hill. I feel like we do this every week.
1: Oh, God. Drew Hill. Um, I, you're the one texting the magic, Kyle. I mean, what, what are you hearing? I, it's very confusing these days. I thought Nokia had quit. I thought jazz was doing a solo album i don't know where we're at
0: well tom last week i think it was uh they had a show and they brought out jazz um as a surprise i think it was in baltimore they brought him out and he sang with the group so it was cisco nokio black and smoke and then jazz was on stage with them i texted kevin the the group manager and i asked what's going on because just three weeks ago tom i had texted him and said what's going on because jazz what's his instagram name the undeniable jazz (laughs) the unpredictable jazzy the unpredictable or something like that i guess so i texted the manager and i was like what's going on all the fans are wondering and the manager said i have no idea what jazz is talking about um he's not going to be at the show and here he is he's at the show tom So I texted him again, uh, Kevin that is. I texted him and said, hey, what's going on? Just a couple of weeks ago you said he wasn't part of the show. And Kevin just replied back and said, working on it. So there's Hmm. progress here. Well, let me ask you this, Kyle. What is the ideal group
1: for Drew Hill right now? Because isn't it going to be a little awkward if Jazz comes back and they still have Playa in the group?
0: Yeah, because Tom, if you remember back in 2003 when Skola was added to the group, there were five of them. And then at some point, Woody left. And then they replaced him with Tail. And then Skola left. And then when they asked, uh, you know, when people asked, why are you back down to four members? What happened to Skola? I think the group's response was, it was easier to split the money four ways. But we're back (laughs) to five now, Tom. So.
1: Well. I feel bad because I love Drew Hill, but I just feel like something's going to happen and it's not going to turn out well. And All I know is Cisco will still be there at the end of the day. <laughs> That's all I know.
0: He's the last man standing. I think Nokia will too, unless something drastic happens. I know he was going through some personal issues, which led to him almost quitting the group. But, Tom, you never know, but let me ask you. When you're at these shows, and we may have talked about this before, when you're at these shows and you see, like, two groups of 112, or three members of Boys to Men, or now all these new members of Drew Hill, does that ruin the experience for you? (sighs) Unfortunately,
1: yes. I know if our boy Ed was here, he'd agree with me. I mean, I think to a lot of people, they might not even notice the difference as long as the lead singer's there. But to the diehard fans, you're not going to really get the full same experience. So, of course. I mean, do you agree with that?
0: yeah absolutely like when I was at um, 112 I mean Slim is clearly the lead singer but Mike was great and he was there as well but Daron and Q they're essential parts of the group too like they have identifiable identifiable voices so it is a tough thing I know like we speak to Mike all the time 112 just to check up on him and the group and you know they're just going to continue pushing forward and we have to admire that right uh, yeah, I mean, definitely.
1: You know, we don't know all the circumstances behind the scenes, so we can't really always judge on
0: what's going on. But definitely admire
1: those who continue to carry the brand and the legacy forward, for sure.
0: Now, I know you interviewed High Five a couple of years back. How many original members do they still have left? <laughs> uh, I don't know
1: the exact number. It's, I think it's three. Uh, I can't say for okay. certain. I know definitely and Irby who was there from the beginning and man I, <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because i remember all the negative feedback we got when we were featuring them and doing those interviews saying you know conspiracy theories i'm never going to get into it but basically you know the treston has been there since day one he's continued the brand he's got a couple of the original members and then added a couple more so they're still doing their thing for sure
0: I think the weirdest one for me that I've been on is uh, when I went to an InVogue tour. And Mm. when I was uh, at that show, I just remember people in the audience saying, Where's Dawn? Where's Maxine? And I was like, that's awkward.
1: Well, there's no excuse if someone left the group over a decade ago and you're still looking for them. Or if someone has died and you're still looking for them. I mean, that's not, you know.
0: I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, at a boys and Men show. There's still people to this day, Tom, that ask, where is Mike?
1: I mean, those are probably the same people who be like, oh, what is John B. up to these days, the day after he just released his new single? Like, they don't even know where to look <laughs> to find them. I mean, these everyone posts on Instagram and social media every single day almost. You can't look up to see where someone is. Yeah, you're right. But... You I'll got, tell you what Kyle you got me the... fired up here. I got, I got a few things off my chest.
0: I have to get right into calm. it. Kyle, calm down. We have to talk about some more news here first. Mariah oh, Carey. Fine. Ed, right? Ed had predicted it'll hit number one soon. Tom, it's number three on the Billboard 100, and just recently they've released like two different music videos for that song. I think they have like a documentary coming out at this point. It's probably going to hit number one, Tom. I know you're not a big fan of Payola, but you are a big fan of artists spending money and pushing their project. If this if this song hits number one, are you impressed?
1: You know, I think it's organic almost, Kyle. I don't think it's all Payola with this one. I think it's definitely impressive. It seems like this thing takes a life of its own every single winter. She's able to tour, you know, do holiday shows... I even walked by a pop-up shop here in the city randomly. They were selling gear and stuff for the show. So, I mean, it's definitely one of the biggest holiday songs of all time at this point. It's such a weird thing, like Christmas songs. It's like, I, I don't think payola is a factor because the classic songs just keep keep getting played every year. You think Frank Sinatra has payola, you know, behind his singles that are getting played every Christmas? No. So, I mean, I think it's legit and... um definitely have to respect it. it's a timeless record her best song even right
0: I mean I wouldn't go there it might <laughs> arguably be her biggest song though yeah I mean we'd really have to think about it I mean we belong together was huge hero was huge but I mean come winter's time this song is everywhere how many times have you heard it at this point Tom uh, probably
1: 25 or so already <laughs> and that's <laughs> you know I don't listen all day to radio but if you ask a random stranger in the streets, name one Mariah Carey song randomly. I mean, there's a 50-50 chance I feel like this song would come up.
0: Only because they hear it most frequently. That is true. Now, on the topic of Payola, um, Sammy... No, no dis to Sammy. I'm just talking about a caption he posted here. So we're not trying to throw shade. Sammy Tom most recently released his EP, Send Nudes that's an interesting mm-hmm. title and uh, I actually <laughs> listened to it it was cool Sammy's a dope artist great vocalist but uh, one of his captions was uh, you know that he's released a handful of songs that could have made it on urban or been smashes on urban AC but he gave us the real It costs about $225,000 to push a single to hit number one on radio and he hasn't mm. had that kind of budget which is why his music hasn't been on the radio and then tom you and i talked last week about john b's record with dono jones understand which will be on you know a top 10 record on our countdown but john never really pushed that song to radio so do you think it's still important to push songs to radio first let's say for john or even a sammy these are guys that you know have a name but they never really hit the top of the charts like maybe an usher or even a tank at this point like these guys have never been at the top top so is it important for them This is a
1: complicated discussion that we've been talking about for I feel like a while now, going back and forth. But my question to you was, you know, if John B. wanted to push his single to Urban AC and spend just say a hundred thousand on promo just to get it on the charts, get it top ten, top five, whatever, you know, how's that gonna benefit him? I mean, he's already known as a legacy artist. Some consider him a legend, many R and B fans probably do. He gets shows easily. You know, um, every weekend he's on the road and uh, doing shows. He's got a family. He's a family man. He cares for his his kids and his wife. And uh, I don't think, you know, someone like John B has a lot to gain by, you know, spending that type of money just to have another hit single because I just don't know if it's going to benefit him in the way he thinks is best for his career. Um, But you had a different take
0: on it, I believe. I mean, what did you, what was your argument on the other side? I mean, I think it's a point that you mentioned earlier. There's a contingency of fans that still believe that John B.'s last album is Cool Relax. (laughs) Or, if you want to go even deeper than that, probably Pleasures You Like. And they completely disregard every album that came out after that. Some of it just is due to the nature of the industry. Um, That's when these 90s artists started to really fall off from the mainstream. And John, at the time, I know he was an independent act pretty early on, like 2004, right Tom?
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, 2001 I think was his last major label in the
0: So, I mean, the landscape has completely changed, but I think my mindset is, you spend the $220,000, okay, well maybe not that much, because that's a lot of money, but you spend the money to push your song to radio, and I think you can reconnect with those fans that may have got lost in the shuffle, and maybe then they'll recognize that, hey, John is still putting out music because i know there's a lot of people that like i said don't know that donnell jones has released new music that case dropped a new album so i just feel like there has to be some sort of money put into awareness it's not even about getting that smash but just awareness because you're right like these artists do put their stuff on instagram on youtube all these different platforms but who's really searching aside from the diehards
1: that's a fair point it's uh but don't forget, urban AC, you know, adult radio is kind of a free for all right now. Which I don't even know. Like, it's hard to even see results. I mean, it's a mixed bag because everything's getting thrown on that format now, you know. And in addition to oldies being played on those stations, it's 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 so hard in this day and you know in in this day and age for grown R and B artists to really make their mark. I don't even know the answer, but it's
0: a strange time agreed but tom here's what's interesting i'm looking at this lma and usher record on youtube right now um it came out on friday today it's sunday it's at 350,000 views which is not small by any scale but when you compare it to like the bruno mars of the world it's nowhere near that number i think bruno could probably hit a million in its first day what does that Mm -hmm. tell you about r&b or is this just more of a uh, of Usher maybe not being at that Bruno level anymore. Uh, yeah, he's definitely not at that Bruno level. I mean, do you think Usher's going to
1: get picked to sing at the Super Bowl? I just don't think that's ever going to happen. But no, it's a lot of not. different things. I think he's alienated a lot of his original fans, without a doubt. Um, I think the way the song was put out there, probably a lot of his fans don't even know it exists yet. You know, if they're waiting to hear it on radio. I mean, think about when Usher came out. I mean. It was 25 years ago? Yeah. So you got to think, like, Usher fans are in their late 30s, probably 40s at this point, you know, mid-40s. They're probably not sitting on the Internet looking for songs. Now, there are a lot of people that age that do because they know that's where you find good music. But if some people have strictly just, you know, are on Spotify playlists or on, you know, listening to the radio, that's how they find their music, strictly for music discovery. So I think it's a good chance, you know, a lot of people just haven't gotten to it yet. and But at the same time, I really don't think Usher is at the level he was or, or may think he is still.
0: I mean, what, what is your take? Yeah, I mean, here's my take on it, is that I've seen Ella May promote the single more than I've seen Usher promote it. Mm. So, and interesting. that's interesting. And of course, Ella is very connect to, connected to today's generation, and she's a big artist in her own right, but I think Ella is definitely been a huge push for the single i mean i know we have opposing views on her actually singing on the song but Mm -hmm. i mean strategically speaking this was more than just a feature um or or even a plan to get him back on urban but i think it's also just the fan base that ella brings um with the record and the feature so I mean, we'll see what what the longevity of this record is, and I I'd like to see Usher more active promoting this song. But hey, I mean, if Ella's doing her part, then I guess it went straight to what they were trying to do. I'll be
1: honest with you, Kyle. I mean, this really frustrates me. You know, looking at Usher's um, like I'm just on his Twitter page right now, right? So, like you said, he only mentioned the song twice. And it just—it doesn't look like he's even excited about releasing the song based on what he's put here. I mean, I didn't check his his, um, Instagram, so maybe it's different there. But all he did was retweet Ella May's original tweet, you know, sharing her excitement. And then there's a stock link to, oh, my new single's out now. Like, to me, I want to see some excitement. Does he not even care? Like, there's nothing here that shows... He didn't retweet any outlets who featured the song. I mean, sure, maybe he's not active on Twitter or, you know he hasn't had a chance yet but at least get your team like to me you know as a journalist that just that's discouraging and as an r&b fan that's also discouraging because it's a good record so i mean usher's been in our doghouse for you know years now i mean hopefully something changes soon though at least the song is good
0: yeah i mean i would like to see him and maybe this is just me And I don't know how you feel about this, but because there are so many skeptical fans out there of new Usher music, because you just never know what's going to happen next, I would like it if he posted something like, for all you diehard original Usher fans, this is the single for you. You know, just to sell the record, even. Because, I mean, I know there's people that are, you know, you're always going to have the curious listeners like us, who will always, to a degree, believe in Usher, but there's a lot of people that are like, you know what, this might be another trap song, we'll pass. So I think you got to mm-hmm.
1: sell it to the people at this point. Or Kyle, how about this? Jump on the gimmick bandwagon. I, I mean, people might cringe here this, but hey. Usher should claim he's the king of R&B. Imagine imagine that. That'll get people talking. That'll get people listening.
0: <laughs> I'm <laughs> yes, serious. <anyway.
1: laughs> I mean, that would def- I mean, imagine he got into a beef with Jaques and it just turned into a, you know, a big positive for Usher getting publicity. I mean, why not? What does he have to
0: lose? Uh I mean, I guess. I don't want to say a 40-year-old fighting with a 20-year-old, Tom. (laughs) Hey, you know,
1: whatever. At least he's making good music.
0: Yeah, so shout-out to Usher. We look forward to Confessions 2. Hopefully available sometime next year. I mean, it should be out next year, but you never know. It might turn into another heart to love, Tom. Now, we've got a couple of records that I do want to highlight here. Can we shout-out some new artists here, Tom?
1: Let's, Let's do it.
0: Can we shout out Aaron Ray? He dropped Phase Two. Who is this Aaron Ray?
1: He came in onto our radar recently. I know you're a big fan. He's been making some really good music that we've heard so far.
0: Yeah. So shout outs to Interscope. They sent us his EP, and it was sort of like, it almost was like when when the publicist pitched it to us. It was more like, can you post it for us as like a favor? And you know, Tom and I are like the most unbiased people ever so we'll give everything a chance and Tom when you heard his record it gave you that 90s feel to it didn't it absolutely
1: I like these artists who are able to give that nostalgic feel but you know keep the modern touch on it and uh, he's one that's been able to do it pretty well so far from what I've heard that song he has with Kalani is really good too and uh, you know I'm hit or miss on some of her stuff but that was a good record too
0: so I mean there is great R&B and then Another one, this is a kind of a dope moment here, Rochelle Jordan, didn't she hit us up in the DMs?
1: Yeah, she did. I mean, it was so cool because a lot of artists don't even bother to show us love. I mean, a lot do, but she reached out, said, I have a new single coming, said, I love what you guys do and your support for me, will you please feature it? I mean, I just thought that was a cool touch. We also got an email from the publicist, but still, this is her return signal of, I think, five years, and... Um, you know Rochelle Jordan may not be a huge name to many of you guys, but you know at one point she was one of the one of the ones who looked at it as you know one of the future faces of R and B, uh, and definitely a dope artist. And her new single "Fill Me In" is out. It's pretty cool. It's definitely she stayed within her vibe of what she's known for.
0: Tom, that reminds me of that era. That was like 2012, and she was like mm-hmm. a truly independent act. Now everyone's independent, so it's a different time, but. She yep. was one of those, like, underground artists that everyone was looking forward to, and she had built up that cult following. It's like, it was her, I think it was Tenace as well, and there's probably a couple other those indie acts, and then Rochelle just seemingly dropped out and disappeared from the face of the earth, almost.
1: Yeah, it was weird how that worked out. I mean, I remember seeing her on tour with uh, Jameson, and uh, you interviewed him, too, and he's another one like these artists kind of created their own movement it was really cool to see you know virally almost and organically and wherever the tour off it he you know she was opening for him and uh that era you know i mean when we look back on that era it's gonna be interesting to, to see how it turns out for some of these artists like tanache is has not really became the, the superstar we thought i mean she's been really successful but it's been a weird time yeah
0: going to be interesting to look back at that at this decade in its entirety maybe we'll do that next and tom maybe we'll then have you admit that genuine needs to put out another album did he even put an album this decade i think he did right 2010 yeah that was, that was okay. 20 yeah
1: geez no yeah.
0: it was 2011 wasn't that was it okay yeah i think i meant yeah okay that sounds about right
1: regardless i mean damn nine years <laughs>
0: That's I don't crazy. think we're going to see one, Kyle, anytime soon. No. I mean, we'll see. Do you think Brandy's going to put one out soon? Because uh, uh, she she's signed to do management. She's on Madonna's management now. Maverick? Isn't that your son's name? Uh,
1: it is. Good name. So I'm glad you asked, though, about Brandy because let me ask you this. Brandy's one of your
0: favorite artists of all time. I mean,
1: are you now lesser of a fan based on what's happened over the past decade?
0: What do you mean by what has happened, though?
1: Um, erratic behavior, Uh, Uh, not really putting any music out or seeming to care to put music out. When she does, the music isn't really that great. Her last album was really probably not one of her best, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I know there's still a group of Brandy fans and probably a big group of them that want that music and think it's going to be amazing, but Tom, I'll tell you, as I visit these Twitter... Uh, feeds and Instagram, there's a lot of Brandy fans that have seemingly given up. And Mm. at this point they don't even care if she releases new music just because they've been tricked so many times. And I know Brandy has kind of scaled back from announcing uh, album dates or single dates or even saying coming soon because I think that's what frustrates a lot of fans. So I've seen a lot of people just give up. Um, But then it's interesting. You see some people that are so out of touch with What the music industry is like, and they still expect Brandy to have like four music videos with million dollar budgets and number one singles. And those are people that are like the same age as us, so you know, a lot of them are just out of touch, unfortunately. I think at this point, and I'm not sure if you agree with it, and it kind of took me a while to get to this point, but honestly, if an artist puts out an album and it's good, that's all you can really ask for at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I just, man. She's she's a tough one to follow though It's it's like It's just frustrating You know It's like lost potential almost There could be such great music being made I don't I mean I know she was involved in acting a lot But still I mean uh, What could have been I guess
0: Yeah but we'll see what happens Here's another one for you Tom As we wind down the year Carrie Hilson was supposed to drop her album in the summer Or at least drop uh, yeah. music in the summer What's going on? but I mean
1: let's be honest we've gotten a lot of false promises from artists before and she hasn't put out an album in a decade so I mean I'm sure she's told us before it was coming and it didn't I mean I have no idea what's going on but I mean you know hope she's doing alright I don't know
0: <laughs> alright who do you think puts out an album first Carrie Hilson or Pleasure P cause Pleasure P hasn't dropped an album since 2009
1: Oh man
0: I mean, Pretty Ricky doesn't count. I don't think he's dropped any Pretty Ricky music either. Well, he's dropped, no, I he's mean, dropped like two singles, but... I'm going with Pleasure P. P. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> it's just kind of weird. I would love to actually... You know what? We'll get Pleasure P back on this podcast at some point and just get the real, because I would love to see what... You know, and, and of course, Tom, we we're not allowed to see what happens in the back end of things but there's just a lot that I wish we were able to see like most recently I um you know and I'm sure people have seen it the uh, interview that Matthew Knowles did with Vlad and he pretty much said that Jagged Edge was harassing you know members of the group and I mean that story is crazy in itself and honestly I think we all agree that it was used to sell books but Tom I did actually read Matthew Knowles book at least an excerpt of it and um, the one thing that was said was a lot of labels passed on the group originally because it was like six members in the group and each member had their own guardian or parents that had to also sign the contracts. And for a label, it was just too much work for them to have to manage. So they passed on the group because there were just too many hands in the pot. And I think these mm-hmm. are the things that we miss out on or that we don't, we're not fully aware of.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I, I can see that. But you know what this makes me think of is um, you talk about Brandy, Kerry Hilson, even the genuine who haven't released music. I think of someone like Raheem Devon, right, one of our favorite artists. He's just always in the studio, always creating. He loves doing it. He doesn't just do it to sell records or to please fans. He does it because he loves doing it. And then he just releases it. He puts out mixtapes for free. He collaborates with other artists. You know, he releases albums in less than a year. I mean, I just don't see why, if someone like him can tour and self, you know, fund this material, why can't. I mean, genuine, I get it. He doesn't like making music. He stated that. That's fine. Brandy Carrie, Kerry Hilson, why can't they just put out a record? Like, why, you know, what's. Maybe there's something I don't know contractually with a label, but I just don't see the love from these artists, is what I'm saying. Like, if these artists really loved music and loved making music, we'd be getting material. That's my opinion. You can fight me on that, but. That's the way I see it, Kyle.
0: Tom, you're missing the biggest point of, of this all. Ego gets in the way, and money is a big thing too. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad at you for what you're saying, but ego and money, Tom. You gotta understand these artists yeah, I'm sure have br- been put <laughs> on a pedestal for so long; they're gonna feel a type of way if they don't perform well.
1: Yeah, that's
0: that's fine. Whatever. But. but I mean to a degree wouldn't you say that Joe has felt the same way too which is why he retired
1: well it's funny you mentioned Joe our boy uh, Mark Howley on Twitter hit us up he found an interview where Joe stated you know he's working on his next album Joe I think um, just wasn't feeling the love but I I mean yeah Raheem Devon is an extreme I don't expect every artist to live in the studio at least Joe has consistently given us albums you know and this past decade I think we got four or five from him so I can't hate yeah. on that and then you know his reasoning for saying he's retired you know if you're gonna do music and you feel like at some point you know no one even cares anymore you know that that has to be a huge hit to your ego and to and to you as an artist so it's, it almost feels like why should I even bother if no one's gonna listen so I I can get that but I don't think that's the same case for Brandy or Kerry Hills I think people are dying to hear their new music
0: yeah, I agree. I don't disagree with that at all. But, you know, we'll see what happens, Tom. 2020 is a new year, a new decade, so we might get some new music from Brandy. I wouldn't hold my breath, but we just
1: might.
0: <laughs> N- now, Tom, Jill Scott, we talked about this last week with Ed, she's set, set to go on tour, as well as Luke James and Adrian Marcel. A lot of these guys have realized that the bag is with the tour, but Tom, I asked Ed last week, you know, because Joe is celebrating 20 years of her debut album and I asked him about his fondest memories of that album and I know you were a big Neo Soul fan had case in point with with Music Soul Child but Jill Scott when she first dropped her album what did you think? Man, I mean it's just like a moment you remember I mean,
1: I, I remember still when I saw her first time in the video um, for getting in the way, man she looked so rough and I'm like, this is a new r&b singer man she was about to fight someone you know in the street it was crazy but i mean her music is is very poetic and that whole a touch of jazz you know era dj jazzy jeff and trey and vidal you know Carvin and ivan you know all those artists who came out of that music soul child of course i mean the thing that that You know, I've been thinking about Jill a lot lately because of this past couple decades. Like, she's really one of the few who could still do a real tour who came out of that era. And uh, it had me wondering, you know, how did she do it? You know, her music's been great. I mean, I wouldn't say her past few albums um, have been as strong as her earlier work. And I'm not sure if you and Ed touched on this, but I don't know, Kyle, what have you noticed about her that's made her. And I think I know the answer. But is there anything you could think of with Jill Scott that's made her. Be to the point where she's still huge, like she can still do this on such a big level, and many of her peers from the early two thousands, you know, are—I don't want to say falling off, but are doing it on a lesser scale.
0: Hmm. See, that's an interesting one. Like, she has an aura about her too. Like, people respect well, Joe Scott's music. Hmm.
1: I'll tell. Ta- I don't know. I'll what tell you think? what it is, though. I noticed she got into acting early, and sure. it kind of helped help you know her celebrity a bit. And uh, you know she was in some Tyler Perry films, and and she's continued doing it. And I think like in terms of you know celebrity is a big part of things. Like she became a bit of a household name as a result of that. But if you look at a lot of the artists around her, mostly none of them did acting. I mean, can you think of many others who were involved in acting at all?
0: So no, not really. I I, I don't. It's don't, not that I dis, I don't disagree with that, but I think jill sort of has what her has right now which is just like that respect from the r&b crowd it doesn't really matter what she puts out it just seems like she has the upper hand like the r&b listeners are gonna love no matter like love everything that they put out that's just what it seems Mm. like in my opinion
1: well there's a few other things i mean she's an amazing vocalist great writer her music speaks to people i mean she's she's also an interesting and unique person like she's compelling you think think about a lot of these artists. I'm not going to name names, but they're not exciting. Like, they're, you know, they're not. Some of them are just straight up boring. I mean, let's be honest. So, they don't have a personality. Jill has a huge personality. I mean, you remember that whole thing she was doing with the microphone that got the whole internet going nuts. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. like, she's, uh, you know, that's a big part of it too. You got to be interesting to keep people, you know, interested too, along with releasing good music. So, I mean. She's definitely someone I'd call a legend I know people think it's too early She's been in the game over 20 years And of that generation There's not many I'd call a legend But she's one I would definitely call one
0: So Tom Of all the Neo Soul acts Let's rank them From most successful To I don't know Give me your top 5 So, I guess guess D'Angelo would be number 1 In terms of Mystique And prestige and success
1: well, number one and two is definitely going to be Erica Badu and, and D'Angelo. But D'Angelo, I'd say, is interchangeable with Maxwell. I mean, those three are who I think of. And, you know, <clears throat> Jill Scott is kind of part of that leader, you know, that secondary neo-soul that came out of Philly with, you know, like Music Soul Child and they came after. Um, but, like, the mid – I mean, I'll put Jill and Music in there as well. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Is there anyone that comes to your mind who you're thinking of?
0: Um. See, it's tough because I would initially think of people like Raheem and people like Vivian Green, but they don't even really call themselves Neil soul, so it's tough to say.
1: Nah, it's gotta be those five I named. Um, yeah. I mean, there's like a Bilal, You could, I mean, but he's not at the same yeah, level in, in the R.E.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would put Bilal I, in there. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I would put Bilal in
1: the top five. Over who?
0: Of that top five, I'm not sure who I would, but Bilal. Would. <laughs> I mean, he's underrated. Absolutely, he has. We
1: didn't even mention, uh, like a Raphael Sadiq. He's another one, right? I mean, but he's yeah. more known for the group.
0: Yeah. No, I think your top five is. Uh, Yeah, I think it's a valid top five. I think it's fair.
1: Yeah, let's go with that.
0: Yeah, but Tom, it's interesting. You talk about how like some artists have that personality that really like uplift their status. How has John Legend done it? Because he's not exactly the most interesting person of all time, and his music, in my opinion, guys, is kind of (laughs) sleepy.
1: I'm good glad Christmas you album, this up. by the
0: way, Tom. I can't before st- you get I- into it. <sighs> good Christmas album. I was uh, I was having dinner the other day, and uh, we were playing some Christmas tunes. John Legend's music is perfect for Christmas. Oh man, it's very soothing. It's not that
1: he's not talented. I think he's amazingly talented. I just get mad for the fact that it's hard to understand. No, it's not hard to understand. It's easy to understand, but. It's almost not fair how he made it into such a huge celebrity when many of his peers didn't get the same chance. And I really felt it had a lot to do with his association with Kanye because, you know, linking up with him really put him into situations that others couldn't get to. And then from there, you know, his celebrity grew. Obviously, his marriage really helped things out. Um, But... (sighs) <sighs> I'm just not a John Legend fan. I, I mean I'm really not. I got to be honest. I I like a few songs the second album My Love, which you guys don't like. <laughs> yeah. But really it, the thing is about John Legend is that when I when I think of it, you know, he's had a great career, but I I've, I've seen many others who don't get the same notoriety who've had better careers, and that's kind of what bothers me.
0: Well, Tom, is it fair to say if you ask a random stranger on the streets to name three John Legend songs, they could probably name two? Ordinary People and All of Me? Hmm. That's a great point. I mean... Think about that. You,
1: I mean, ask, ask a random stranger to name John Legend's second album. They probably would have no idea what it's called or even what the lead single was. I mean... Yeah. Ask them ask him what his first single was. People probably wouldn't know. I mean... It wasn't ordinary people. So, yeah, that's a
0: very good point, but why is that? That's what I'm trying to figure out, too, because he's had the the push. He's on TV. His wife is famous. He has the co-sign. I don't know. It's, It's one of the weirder phenomenons that I've seen this year because, Tom, at one point, I would say John Legend and Robin Thicke, to an extent, were like neck and neck in terms of celebrity in like the late 2000s Mm -hmm. but at this point john legend has completely overlapped robin and robin had a much more memorable hit actually no that's that's not true either, because all of me was huge but was it bigger than Bullet lines i don't know about that
1: yeah i'm not sure that's a good that's a tough one
0: But, yeah, it's just interesting to see. Plus, you know, again, John Legend's music makes me kind of sleepy. So, shout (laughs) out to (laughs) John. Yep. Oh, man. So, Tom, can we get into a preview of our top 100 songs of the year? We do this every year. We've been doing it since, I want to say 2012, maybe even 2011. But pretty much myself, you, and Ed come together and we rank – our favorite songs that we not even our favorite but just the best quality songs of the year and i know you did the numbers for it and you have the official rankings what can you tell us about this year's list and your overall thoughts on it
1: i'm not going to give it away you're gonna have to log on to you know i got and soul and stereo to see the final list i can tell you um and i i suspected you know, John B. and, and Donnell Jones' duet understand. Once I heard the song originally, it would be high up in our rankings. It is in our rankings. I won't give away its location. Um, high level looking at this list, I honestly, Kyle, I have to say it's been a, it's been a solid year for r and B. I don't think it's been a great year. Uh, people keep saying R&B's in a great place. I don't agree with that necessarily as a huge R&B lover. Uh but there's some really good songs on here um you know there there's some really there's some songs in our top ten from artists you might not expect which I think is great. there's some comeback songs that ended up in our top ten, which I think is great um there's a great mix of young and old artists on here, you know some newer artists you guys tried to slip Jacquesese in here. I tried my best to make sure he didn't make the cut, but unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. I think he may have. <laughs> Uh, But yeah, I mean, uh, what did you think about it?
0: I would agree that it was a solid year. I think there are a lot of songs that I really quite enjoyed. But I would say that there weren't a lot of hits this year. You know, I think we may be able to put that Usher song, but that, that just came out three weeks ago, so I think we still have to live with that one a little longer before we can really call it a hit hit. But... Unlike previous years where you would at least have one record that was undeniable, I think this year there were a handful of great records, but there was nothing undeniable.
1: Mm. Well, the interesting thing is when I look at our top ten, and I'm not going to give anything away, but of these songs, only I think two or three were radio hits this year. Uh, The others weren't for various reasons. They weren't pushed or you know, weren't chosen yet as a single. So, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I didn't really think about that. You know, a lot of the best songs we picked, you know, maybe didn't necessarily necessarily even get out to the masses. They just haven't been heard on a major scale, which is kind of sad. Hopefully we could change some of that.
0: Yep, absolutely. So, Tom, we'll see what happens. I mean, we're at that point of the year where, you know, the music is slow. And because of that podcast like this it's more reflective than it is about current events but man it's uh it's been a great year Tom
1: for R&B or for the podcast <laughs> uh, I
0: would I would say for the podcast for R&B it's been okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair enough i mean we're also going to be putting out our uh our top 100 songs of of the decade i sent you the preliminary list for that I'm waiting for you to fill in any anything i missed but that's going to be a, a weird list to look at also.
0: Yeah. Uh, but Tom, can we get into the play it please really quickly?
1: Oh, we do these even when Ed's not here?
0: Yeah, because uh, our girl Miranda. <laughs> can we give a shout out to Miranda really quickly? All right. She actually attended this immature reunion tour, this throwback tour, because... Tom, the only date that actually took place was the one in Dallas, and our homegirl Miranda wanted to go, so we hooked her up with some tickets. Now, can I read a couple of text messages here?
1: Oh, great. What happened?
0: So she got to the show, and uh, she told me that uh, she only caught the tail end of Jay Holiday, so she only heard her uh, him sing Bed. And I said, why didn't you watch the whole thing? And she said, I showed up late purposely so I could avoid B5.
1: Oh, jeez. Is so there any footage of that on the internet we can check out?
0: <laughs> I don't know. We'll find I'm, out.
1: I'm actually curious. I want to see if my theory of them just dancing and not actually singing was true or not. Uh, I'll send
0: you some links. But uh, so after right. <laughs> Jay Holiday was day 26, in which Miranda said... Wow, they, they're all out of shape now. That was rough. Mm. But we love Day 26. Okay. <laughs> I, actually, I did actually see a clip of them. They were singing a song called uh, Perfectly Blind. I don't know if you know that song, Tom, but you got to go and listen to it. That's a top three Day 26 song. Okay. <laughs> so then after Day 26, Miranda stopped replying, so I'm not sure what happened. But according to the internet, B5 performed after that. Ray J. Tom mm. actually dropped out of the tour. And out of this show, he made a video and said that he's not going to be at the show because the promoter doesn't want him there. Does that even make sense to you? Uh, No, that doesn't make sense to me. So, <laughs> What's like, the actual nature for that? I don't know. He just said the pro- promoter told him to stay home, which doesn't make sense because the promoter would have probably already paid him for the show.
1: What do you mean, stay home? He's the one who quit the tour.
0: Well, he apparently was going to show up to some shows. And oh, this was the one geez. that he was going to show up to, but uh promoter told him to stay home.
1: You gotta If you're going to commit to a full thing, you can't just show up for some days. Like If you
0: agree to work a job, are you just going to show up to work
1: half the time? You can't do
0: that. That would be pretty awesome, actually. But uh, Miranda <laughs> did come back to life at that point and wrote, LOL, someone's asking where Ray J is. <laughs> Oof. Hope they didn't buy a ticket just for that. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, actually I did see some clips of Immature on tour or on the stage. They actually had a live band and they had dancers. So at least mm. Immature put some effort into their show. All right. We'll take it. And then we'll wait till next year before their next reunion tour.
1: Oh, geez. So that was it? <laughs> One show? That was it.
0: Yeah. So That's overall, sad. as I've explained this all to you, Uh, What are your thoughts on this overall tour that was supposed to take place?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we kind of made a guess on if it was going to work out or not. It it doesn't seem like it did. So a player, please, goes to, I guess, G-Squared Events. Is that who
0: put this together?
1: Yep. And, I mean, they should have hit us up. We could have told them it wasn't going to work.
0: And then can we give a big shout out to Femmit Forward? It's that other uh, promotion group that's been working with Live Nation on different female R&B empowerment events. They have like Brandy, Amory, Carrie, Ashanti, Maya on one show. And then recently yep. they have SWV702 and I think it's Escape is the other one. And uh, I hear okay. these shows actually do very well. I think one's actually coming to New York in December in Brooklyn.
1: I mean, they sound pretty cool. I mean, the lineup seem great. Um, you know, I don't know how they do. I've never seen them, but, you know, I even saw A. Marie on one of those. I was like, I mean, if they got her on the show, that's pretty exciting.
0: That's true. Uh, I see A. Marie on her YouTube channel reviewing books from time to time. Talk about Snoozy. Not Amory, just uh, the fact of uh, talking about books. <laughs> but. Book. Tom, you got to stay educated here.
1: <laughs> um, I know.
0: Sorry. Yeah. Well, Tom, can we get into some YouTube comments really quickly? Because I think – and we uh, want to end this off on a good but maybe a bad note. But um, this post you made was very, very interesting, and I think it spoke to the people. You had asked, who here has given up on looking for new music and just <laughs> stick to the classics? Would you say that you're one of if those I, people?
1: If anyone was wondering – and has listened to previous recent episodes that was inspired by me giving up on music and just listening to Stevie Wonder every single day. It was some good times in my life, actually, if I have to say so.
0: So what did the people say? However,
1: I've returned to the dark side, unfortunately. <laughs> well, well, interestingly enough, and I had a feeling it was going to go this direction, half pretty much gave up and said everything that comes out now is crap. i got to pull up some of the comments, actually. Because these were pretty pretty classic. But some people are still giving it a shot. Um, I, but there are some people who strictly just listen to the classics, like I was doing. Um, a good portion, it seemed like. I mean, that wasn't a weird thing, actually, at all. So, I mean, I, I can't hate on that. I mean, a lot of this younger music. like, are you, If someone's listening to Stevie Wonder, is, is Jacquees really going to appeal to them? I mean, I was actually having a conversation with a friend of mine. Shout out to my guy Winslow, and he's like, Oh, I post, I, I listen to everything you guys post on the site. And he's listening to Jock and I'm like, How could you even listen to that? And he's like 10 years older than me. So, and he's like, Oh, I hear some potential there. But still, it's not going to be for everyone. It, it, it's aimed at a younger demographic. So I can see both sides. Um, do you have any of the comments in front of you? I was trying to pull it up on my end.
0: Uh, I don't have it on me, but can we just give a shout out to Montrez Jones by default? Cause he grew up, or he was born later after the classics came out. So when he listens to new music, it is the classics, but to him, it's new stuff. <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. Yep. No, that is. Yeah, I'm trying to pull. I'm trying to pull up the comments here, but uh, we might have to wait till next time.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. It, it, it obviously drew, drew a strong reaction, but. It's all. I mean, some people called it what it is. Just music. The R&B nowadays is vibey. You don't. You don't feel it. So, I mean, let's not get into a whole discussion about that and what's wrong with current R&B. But definitely a mixed response to that one.
0: Right. But can I read Teacher Moses' comment? Go
1: ahead.
0: Let me see if I can read this and talk at the same time. There are new R&B artists that are really dope. One of my faves is Lucky Day. Whose album is impeccable? Ari Lennox and Xavier Omar. Um, yeah, I can't read all this right now, but she pretty much just said there's dope music out there. And I think Soulchild says the same thing. You just got to look for it. And Tom, not a lot of people do that.
1: Well, I have that debate with Soul Child like every other week. I mean, it's a lot of work. I mean, when you're married and have kids and have a full-time job, music discovery is... Is, a, is another full-time job. Like, you can't just turn on the radio anymore. So if you want to find really good music, you're going to have to dedicate hours on end to finding it. And that's my opinion. I mean, I think we've talked about this before. You know, once people hit a certain age, music discovery is not a priority. I mean, I have a kid. You know, I mean, I barely have any downtime to even, you know, help you run the site anymore. So I can see how someone who has multiple kids and a job, that might even be their main hobby. So... You can't expect them to be out there searching for new music. That's my opinion.
0: Right. Well, Tom, here's some uh, kid advice for you from Pharrell. We all love Pharrell. Oh, God. So what he does with his kid, um, he's raised them on the 70s. So a lot of Earth, Wind, and Fire, Stevie Wonder, just to get them used to the complex and jazzy chords. And that's been their base for their music taste as well as classic music. So the Beethovens and the Box of the World. And now they're into the mainstream stuff. So I think Tom, um, it's just a matter of gaining appreciation for all of it. Are you going to do that with your son?
1: Uh, actually, it sounds like a pretty good idea. Um, the only thing is I might not ever let him listen to anything past 2006. Does that sound like a fair idea?
0: <laughs> just slap him on the wrist for taking out <laughs> an Usher's A album?
1: <laughs> yep. I mean, wow. come on. I think he'll be alright. We're gonna start with Beethoven right. and Bach. Wow. Wow. <laughs> talk talk about a snooze fest in my house.
0: Jeez. Alright, Tom, can we get into the soulback album of the day? What do you got? Can we go with Jaheim's debut album? Ghetto Love. Mm. What do you know about that album? Yo, man, all I know is KG, Next, they all had a hand in it. And it was just so cohesive from top to bottom. You loved that album when it came out? Because I know Jaheem, his voice is very distinctive. Sort of has that Luther type of voice to him, which we're not really accustomed to in terms of just art ears. But what did you like about that album? Well, a few
1: things. So shout out to our boy KG who helped discover him. They were calling him a young Luther when he came out. You got to remember, this dude was like 1920 when his debut came out, and he was singing like Luther. When do you ever hear that nowadays? It's like the opposite these days when it comes to vocals. But it wasn't just Luther; like he had he he was a in modern age Luther with a street edge. You know, it was reflected in his lyrics, and uh, you know his singles were just huge at the time. Just in case anything with next, and um, man. He he's honestly, if we look at an artist like who's seriously underrated, he's had a ton of hits. We don't talk about him a lot because he's kind of fallen off the radar and been has gone through some things, doesn't really tour a lot. And um what is he like wears uh Indian headdresses and, and tribal outfits on <laughs> Instagram? I don't know what's going on. Well he's but, vegan uh, as well. Oh well Yeah. So but he's had a ton he's one of my favorites actually. And uh, doesn't quite get enough credit, but that album kind of set the tone. No, I would not call it a classic, only because I think it's too long. If it was probably shortened to about 14 tracks, I could I could I could make a case. But there's just some skippable songs for me, so I probably put it in the four four and a half range if I had to put a number on it. But production from KG is impeccable, and uh, just re- really good album.
0: Tom, one question before we and this podcast and, and move on to bigger and better things, but are you surprised that no one has ever complained about the fact that those background vocals on Jaheem Records, like it's always somebody else, <laughs> it's not him? Like do people I don't even, even know if that?
1: anyone's noticed. I don't think anyone's <laughs> noticed to be honest. If you're out there listening, check out some Jaheem Records, see if you could tell what we're talking about. One of his background singers um well one of his writers or of his writing team, Balua Muhammad, right?
0: Yeah, from the clutch, he sings on a lot of those backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, do people even care about that, or are we just nerds?
1: It's definitely that we're nerds. I don't think anyone cares.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone cares who's singing in background, but you guys should. It's quite a, it's quite, com- it's quite compelling, and it's kind of neat too, like especially when you hear a Neil record and you just hear him all over the back. It's kind of dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Tom, I think that's it for this week's podcast. Sorry, guys, you didn't have your regular Ed ranting about Keith Sweat and how he's the GOAT, because he's not. (laughs) That, Tom, goes to my boy, Jacquees. Anyways. Oh, (laughs) jeez. I think that's it for this week. What's going on with the site? I know we have that countdown coming up.
1: Yeah, we got the two countdowns, one for the decade, one for this past year. Uh, You just
0: interviewed our boy, Troy Taylor. How was that? Yeah, I love talking to Troy. I actually talk to him like on a weekly basis, but this time it's on the phone um, and it's an interview, so he filtered out a lot of stuff. But guys, if you get a chance to talk to, to Troy just on a regular, he, he's got some interesting things to say. So go check out that interview. It's actually pretty cool that he's still trying to put himself in R&B today, even though it's changed so much because he feels like in order for R&B to go back to what it once was... He has to make the difference and work with these young acts and give them that sound that we all love. So, Tom, I hope you're ready for more YK Osiris uh, R&B records that <laughs> like they're from the 90s.
1: Looking forward to it.
0: <laughs> so, Tom, I think that's it for this week. Guys, we'll see you again next week.